Alrighty, good morning, everybody. Happy New Week. Hope you're doing amazing. Um, I'm excited to be sitting here next to one of my recently published authors, as you can see there behind her, Jennifer Maguire over from Gladstone in Queensland. She wrote a book called Corporate Storm. So this is a little bit different to some of the topics, um, you know, that some of our authors have written about. So what I'll do, Jen, is uh, give the official introduction of who you are, and then we'll get stuck into um, what you've been writing about. So, guys, Jennifer Maguire is the whistleblower who cracked open a corrupt government-owned corporation executive. It became her mission to represent young females that had been sexually harassed and bullied. She didn't turn a blind eye to take the hush money secret deal and sign a non-disclosure agreement to silence her. Instead, she took the fight to them. In the process, she discovered so much more. In her book, Jennifer reveals her shocking personal battle and provides you with first-hand insight to understand if your organization is heading towards a corporate storm, what you can do about it, and most importantly, how you can survive it. She finally shares her story after sitting quietly waiting to be heard because of the Crime and Corruption uh, Commission and Treasury investigations that ensued. She uh, discloses about what she did and demystifies the serious elevated investigation processes. With over 25 years of extensive professional experience in leadership positions built on a solid foundation of business academic knowledge, Jennifer shares her personal true story with you. All right. So good morning. Good morning. Uh, nice, to, nice to have you on here. And it's been a bit of a working progress with what, the waiting period and all that sort of stuff. Um, so uh, we actually waited a whole year after the book was written to be released, wasn't it? Yes, it was really important with my subject matter to make sure that I maintained the confidentiality of the investigation processes. Yeah. And that was to protect, obviously, the subject people. matter to make sure that Sorry, I... Sorry, I got the background noise of the, of the double whammy. <laughs> and it was also important that the uh, book was a very considered approach and went for legal review because I'm trying to write something that is very positive out of something that was a very difficult process um, and something that's helpful so that people aren't scared and can understand what it means to be a whistleblower. So just as you said in the introduction, I'm kind of wanting to talk about it so that it normalises it a little bit and gives people some skills that instead of running in fear, here's some of the things that you can do. Yeah, amazing. So do you want to share a little bit about, you know, kind of what was the background to all of this and when did, what was the trigger that kind of said I should write a book about it? Um, so I've always believed in equity and diversity in the workplace. That's always the person that I've been as a leader. It, the more diversity in a workplace for me, the better the decisions, the better the team culture. I've always found it to be very positive to have that, that diversity. So for me, um, it started out as a major issue for me in my value set was two young female trainees. One was sexually harassed and the other was bullied. And so I stood my ground and it ended with me escalating it to the point and becoming a whistleblower to the Queensland Crime and Corruption Commission, that yeah. because it involved the executives, it then ended up in a treasury investigation. So during those five hour interviews with the Triple C or treasury, you end up putting together what is quite a robust sequence of events. Yes. So I had this sequence of events 
And I was going to a psychologist um, because of the confidentiality of those investigations. I couldn't talk to anybody. So I was talking to a psychologist and it was as he was getting me to talk about what had happened instead of just what were the things and the events that had happened and the people, he got me to start to talk about how I felt about it, what I'd done about it. And he really had me process it like emotionally compared to where I was very factually. Yes. And it was after a couple of months of going to him as I was going through these big investigation processes that he said to me, Jennifer, you are not the first person that I've had sit in my practice and talk to, be, talk to me about these kinds of inappropriate behaviours, but you are the first one that hasn't fled. So that was when I realised that something unique had gone on here and he just said to me that I was very organised in how I went about my work life and um, that because I hadn't done anything wrong, I hadn't muddied the waters and made anything difficult. So actually when I was sitting in front of some of the forensic investigators, they would say to me, oh, you're very well organised and that's just the way that I work. So that's when it had me really realise I had this sequence of events of this horrible story that had happened to these two girls and then how the corrupt executive tried to pay me just to go away and not do anything about it just sweep mm -hmm. it under the rug and then I had these people that did this for a living starting to tell me well there's some unique attributes in what you've gone and done here and that was when I realized yeah people write diet books and they write exercise books and yeah, yeah there's so many self-help books and I I felt compelled that I not only had helped myself in how I had gone about things with the psychologist and keeping things in order, but I felt there was an opportunity there to then help others. So that instead of them being fearful and taking the hush money, signing the non-disclosure and going, that they actually do something about it. Because I do believe that the more of us talk about this kind of inappropriate behaviour to women, and I'm sure there's other minority groups as well. I'm not just singling out women, but I am one. So that's my story. Uh, so instead of singling out women, the more people that talk about it, I am hoping that across the next couple of years, we have more of an equitable workplace for women. I love that. I love that. And actually one of our psychologist authors, she says, well done, Jen. I've supported a number of whistleblowers in my line of work. It takes so much strength to follow through. So um so there you go. That's, uh, you know, I, I wasn't even aware of any of this. You know, you don't know what you don't know or, you know, situations like this. And I guess you're bringing them to the forefront. So, um, you know, your book only really got released out publicly a couple of months ago. Is that right? Yes. Um, I did the pre-sales in May. And then from the 1st of June, I got all of the printed copies, boxes and boxes of them. And I spent two days writing my message and signing them and putting them into envelopes because I'd sold over 200 copies yeah. just of my friendship circle. So it um, it has gone really well. Um, I've sold almost 500 copies and I have got people sending me their information about their stories. I've got people phoning me and telling me their stories. I've got people emailing me, telling me their stories. And, you know, the one thing that I you know, just say to them is that I'm so glad that you are speaking about this. I'm glad that you've read my book and it's now encouraging you to talk because they are a part of the solution now. The more people that talk, the less male cronies can cover this kind of stuff up. Mm, I love that. So what's the mission 
going forward, like, you know, um, what would you like to see yourself do with the book and, you know, the impact you want to make? So for me, it is just about talking about it because it's been a bit of a taboo subject. So yeah. once I had turned my sequence of events and all of these trips with all of these differing items of homework from my psychologist, he was fantastic. He turned me inside out to really think about, you know, the why and the what I had done and what was driving me and what was driving them. And um, so you'll see in the book, there's a fair bit of review. I'm not a psychologist, but I know my psychologist enjoyed reading my assessment of it. <laughs> and so for me, the journey is just about talking about it because once I had put all of that together and I had it in a draft, um, it obviously went for legal review. But at the same time, I had my two adult daughters read the book and my husband and, of course, they all said, Mum, this can't sit in a drawer somewhere. And then I had the 18-year-old female trainee that was bullied read it. And then I had the 18-year-old Aboriginal trainee read it as well. And the two of them just said, Jenny, this has to be published. It cannot sit in the darkness. I'm going to talk about what's happened to me as well so it actually gave them a voice so they then actually started to talk about what had happened to them and uh so that to me was the whole purpose of doing it it's given them a voice they don't feel embarrassed they don't feel ashamed they were the victims in this mm. and so for me that that was like goal achieved Nat. It, it that was all that I was after but as for moving forward for me it's just about encouraging people to talk about it I've had lots of people come forward to share their stories so if that can just continue to perpetuate, perhaps there's another Jennifer Maguire out there that's going through something in the business she's working in and she can perhaps come to Ultimate Author and write her story. I just think the more women that talk about this, the more we're going to require a better workplace for women. Yeah, I love that. And it, it's such an important topic that you to bring out and to, you know, if, if you can do it, then you give the courage for other people to step up and, and share their stories. I think definitely you should do something like where like like this, interview people and let them kind of open up and, and share, you know, what they can and what's kind of uh, where they're at. But um, I think becoming a um, advocate and kind of, you know, you, it's only when we step up that we almost give permission to others to do the same or, or that yes. it's okay to do that. So yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the guts of the book. Um, what will people get from reading the story? And, um, you know, what's the practical stuff that they'll take away from it as well? So obviously not a lot of people get to be a whistleblower. So that's the first part to it is to just identify to people what it means. Yes. Um, and that you are protected in doing that. And then you talk about, you know, whistleblower, what does it mean? Well, you're not a complainer. You've actually, you've actually got evidence and something has not been done correctly. It's not been done legally right. So it's about demystifying that whole thing because I had no idea until I became one. I actually didn't even take on the label until I was told um, that, yes, you are a whistleblower and you are protected legally um, so, yeah, so it, I talk a bit about that. Obviously, I talk a lot about um, this, the personal journey itself, about the girls and their issues and how they were treated, how I was then treated standing up for them. Um, I talk a lot about what the corruption and the cronyism was. 
And with all of that kind of subject matter, I then take that to try to give people some tools to understand what to look out for. So that organisational theory, because it is pretty much same old, same old when it comes to the male cronies. They're usually the people that are recruiting people that will never challenge them, that are intellectually uh, less than them, that are usually less capable than them. It's because they don't want to be challenged. And uh, so, yeah, so I give people some tips that read it as to what to look out for in their own workplace. So I've had a fair few parents actually say that they've bought the book once they've read their copy, they've bought the book to give to their children that are graduating from university, apprenticeships, traineeships, so that they can understand and get the tools and just perhaps be a step ahead and a little more mind open to what can actually occur in the workplace um, so that they're, they're able to identify things. And then the third part, because I was always wanting to be positive, yeah. um, I didn't want this to become a woe is me victim-like story because I have learned a lot from this and I know the girls are a lot stronger from this as well. Um, I wanted to be helpful. So yeah. the third part um, is actually teaching people the manner in which you can behave so that you can get through this kind of a thing. So I'm not a psychologist, so don't think in any stretch of the imagination I talk about it from that perspective, but I give them the tips on how to behave in the workplace so that you can make those networks, those connections and influence others to support you. You know, obviously recording things is yeah. really, really important. So, yeah, so I've got a whole 10 tips on um, how to behave well so that you can keep your sanity to get through something like this. And I would never wish this kind of thing on any 18-year-old females. I wouldn't wish it on their 50-year-old boss like myself. But what I'm doing is just explaining what happened. And if people are reading it and sitting in a workplace where they can see this kind of insidious toxic behaviour occurring, which, as we know, uh, Fire in Valley was certainly our federal parliament. Um, we've certainly got it at multiple political levels, this kind of behaviour happening to women. So for me, it was about being a part of that movement and about being a part of the solution. So by the time you finish reading the book, Nat, you've got a good idea on what you can do yourself and to give people the courage just to not, you know, turn a blind eye and go, well, it happened to her. No, it could happen to any of you. So don't turn a blind eye, be a part of the solution and speak about it. So it's trying to give everybody a voice. It's really about prevention. You know, we always say prevention is better than a cure, um, you know, and I love the fact that you kind of, if people can read this as they enter the work uh, workforce, you know, um, it will be so much more helpful. And um, we've had, um, hang on, we've had a couple of other comments. Uh, so much courage from Kate, um, another one of our psychologist authors, uh, who's also writing a book, well done, um, and uh, from Catherine. And um, I'll quickly add that the whistleblowers whom I supported who were on receiving side of bullying in the workplace were males. So it certainly happens to men as well. Yeah, so that was and certainly not isolating them, but statistically, I'm going to say it statistically, they rule the workplace. And mm. I'll go so far as to say that they go and they identify the future that looks like them. It is not very often that I have worked in an organization where the male executive has gone and found a female to mentor into leadership. 
it, it's just, I don't know, something that is gender-based, that they go and they find someone that they match with that's younger, male, and they will bring them through. And the other thing that I have noticed is that as many women that have bought the book and read it uh, are as many men, and the men are interested in it because they're tired of it too. And I am talking about their daughters, and that's what is upsetting the men in Australia right now is they want their daughters to be able to go to work to a safe work environment too. So, yeah, I know it's not gender specific, but certainly mine is all about female equity in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. Um, Catherine's just saying that is so true, Jen. They all think the same. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting though that how um, I also observe this in, in my own business in terms of the people that I attract and uh, and I tend to like you know attract people who are more more female. So is that kind of why this happens? Do you think? Yeah, I I have done a little bit of reading about it, and no doubt the psychologists out there will have a lot to say. Yeah. I've done a little bit of reading about it, and I did ask my psychologist several times about it as we were talking through things. And you do you see in yourself those attributes in others and it's like a comfort it's like what you're drawn to it's like a natural yeah. attraction or something so yeah. for where I work in big industry females are the minority it's not like in the education system or the healthcare system I work where between maybe four to ten percent are yeah. females it's heavy industry so then to have females in leadership positions you're a unicorn yeah. So for me to have an 18-year-old Aboriginal female trainee to actually be sexually harassed, mm -hmm. that just stood completely against my values because she was absolute rarity. So not only to have been the minority as in female, the minority due to her age, because most of them are middle-aged heterosexual men, but she was also um, of Aboriginal ethnicity. Mm -hmm. So you know, it was so disappointing for that workplace to be so toxic that um, that they couldn't support her, nurture her and have her move through. Mm. So, yeah, um, for me, the other thing that um, my psychologist pointed out to me is those people that he had met with over the decades that had taken the hush money, they were coming to see him with deep regrets. They were the ones that had the mental issues happening and, you know, unfortunately depression and anxiety occurring because they'd taken the hush money later on after they'd gotten past the whole I've got all of this money to spend and I need to go and get a new job they then obviously had broken down and had realized that they'd signed the non-disclosure agreement so unlike myself yeah. they couldn't talk about it they were helpless they couldn't do anything so uh, for me it was another driver for writing this book is to take away that that cloak of mystery of what it means to be a whistleblower, what it is about a triple C or treasury investigation, it was really important to kind of normalise it as an option um, instead of fleeing and taking the money. Here's what you could have done. And, you know, for me, I went through a rough patch. Fortunately, I had a great team with my psychologist um, and am stronger for it and more resilient to this day. But I, I really struggled. It was a tough time. Um, and I talk about that in my book. It wasn't easy yeah amazing but i love how your your way of being is so neutral and you know matter of fact you know and um i guess it took a lot of work to get to that point right yeah to begin with mm. it was like why mm. why would people do this yeah why do they not want to investigate what happened to these girls 
why, why? And I had to stop that because there was no point to it. It was outside of my control. The only thing I could do was exactly what I talk about in the book. Mm. I, I was well and truly in control of my reactions and yes. it was about me stepping through it and it was just one step at a time. Yeah, I love that. And you're getting lots of love hearts and, and thumbs up uh, just in the reactions that I can see here uh, on this. Um, I think a lot of people will benefit from this interview as well as um, getting a copy of your book. So let's talk a little bit about the process of writing it because, as you said, we said we had it finished there and sitting quietly, you know, on the sidelines waiting for everything to be properly processed and all that kind of stuff. So how did you find the process and how did you did you type it did you speak it you know because obviously we talk at 48 hours about speaking out the book transcribing it to make the process faster talk to me a little bit about that oh look I loved it can I start from the beginning now yeah go for it give me the journey okay. I'll stop hearing it because you kind of then I play out the story as to how it happened for the author yeah, yeah. good so I had chosen that I wasn't going to go out and interact socially while I was in the middle of the investigation process. And that was my choice because I didn't want people, the rumour mill was going because I have a community profile. The rumour mill was going across Gladstone and people were talking. No one knew what had gone on. I had my lips sealed because I trusted the integrity of the investigation. So largely, um, Facebook was a great tool. I would sit on a daily basis and see what everybody was up to. I could see friends and family going places and doing things. And I don't know, those Facebook analytics pick up stuff and I'm an avid reader. So at that point in time, I was just reading books, reading books, reading books. And I can see in the background there, you've got Sandy Stalenberg's book, yes. the, yeah, the Life Breakers. Yes. Yeah, that was the first book that I ordered through Ultimate Author. And then Ultimate Author came up in my Facebook feed. So I'm reading Sandy's book about bullying and her being the whistleblower in the New yeah. South Wales education system. And I think because I'd ordered that book on my phone, Ultimate Author then started coming up in my Facebook feed. So then I watched a video of you talking yeah. about how you could write your own book in 48 hours. And that was the first trigger because I've never had on my bucket list to be an author. But good old Facebook analytics, so everybody that gets upset with them, here's a positive news story about how they work well. And I was reading Sandy's book and realising, wow, she wrote a book about this. This is like breaking it open from silence to here's what I did. Mm. And so I joined your first free um, little seminar okay, yeah. and thought, oh, I can do this. I thought, yeah, I'm going to give this a go. So for me... It worked really well because I, other than being an avid reader, I have no idea on, um, you know, like what what is the construct of a book. It's a bit like going to a music festival and have never run a music festival. I've read lots of books but had no idea how to write one. So um, once I had um, gotten all of your books and then I got links to watch all these videos, I was that writer that sat and watched everything. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I did about 36 hours of watching you, Nat. Uh -huh. um, and I'm a person that I start with the end in mind. So I watched everything until it was at the point where, you know, how to do your book launch. So I'd watched the whole lot. So I went into it with my eyes wide open, knowing what I was in for. And so then I typed my first couple of chapters 
And then it was your lovely husband, Stuart. He said to me, send through those first couple of chapters and let me see how you write. Mm -hmm. And so I then had my hour session with him online. Mm -hmm. He was fantastic because I knew my story really well, but it was Stuart that said to me, you have to, I think it was like you have to sexify it. You have to make it sexy words. (laughs) And because at that point, I knew exactly how I felt. I felt I'd walked through a storm. I was in the storm at that point. So I just said to him, I know exactly what this is. Mm. This is a storm. And then that was how it started. I then sat down and put all these storm things together and storm quotes together and storm titles together. And it all just fell into place. Mm. And so then I had it all together and it went off for its first edit and um, that was fantastic um, because, you know, I write the way I talk um, and I'm used to writing board recommendations and technical reports yeah. and justifications and things. So once the editor got it, it was, I didn't decline a single edit. It was, it, she had changed the wording um, just to be right. I, from, a, from a person that reads books perspective, I just opened and went, oh, it's perfect now. It was like, wow, how do you do this for a living? Yes. And then I just had to sit on it because I needed to see the end of the investigation and the legal process and have it go for legal review to make sure I wasn't saying anything defamatory or disparaging. Yeah. And, uh, and then I waited. And then the next thing uh, was seeing the proof which was great to see it all laid out because that's when you truly know that you're looking at a book. And then I met back up with Stuart because I am not a salesperson. And uh, so Stuart was fantastic. He helped do the entire back cover blurb. And look, I'm good at writing a resume, but not about the author. So once again, I needed that scaffolding and support in that sales marketing promotion space. And that was where the ultimate author team from writing the book and getting it in the structure to then putting it together so as it is a book and promoting it so that it sounds interesting and it represents what it actually is. Um, Fantastic. I didn't lose any sleep over it at all um, because I just felt so well structured the entire time with your team. Oh, thank you so much. And you were really, you did do the work as well. I always say when people, the ones that succeed and have a very smooth sailing journey are the ones that are going to watch the videos, that are going to read the instructions in the emails. I'm mm. going the same process myself now where I've um, invested in a new program. And like yourself, like you say, it's like I'm listening to everything before I discern what are the steps I need to take in order to be successful with it but you got to put in the time don't you like you got to you know you commit to a process if you want to have success in a smooth sailing journey you can't just like half-ass it as they say no, and for me it, I think also because I had chosen to remove myself from social interactions because I didn't want people saying so what's going on I didn't I didn't want anything any confidentiality to be breached so I had chosen to stay at home so equally as which, um, interacting with your Friday night drinks and the Thursday morning sessions, um, I have felt really surrounded by a whole bunch of other first-time authors. Some have been second-time authors. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for me, that was a really, really, really nice thing because everybody was in the same boat and everyone had their erring on the side of caution and concerns. 
but everyone has just supported each other through the process. So it's great. Despite the delays, I'm still coming out with a few of those authors that I started with. So it's been a great community. Oh, it has. Yeah. And, and it is. And uh, I love seeing you guys like continue on and like, because our relationships and feel with who, who we work with is like family, you know, we're not like millions of people where you get lost in the sea you you know it's it's a small community of authors that go through the process and then the next group comes around and and sometimes we'd also uh kind of cross over but it's um it's lovely to meet new faces and people who've been through similar situations at yours so where can people get the book well on the book's website www.corporatestorm.com.au and I've got that pulled up here on the screen. For those of you that are watching this as a video, um, you can see here corporatestorm.com.au. So easy to remember. Um, and you can order your copy, read uh, some reviews there. Of course, certainly, guys, um, the book is also available to all your good online reseller stores like the Amazons, Barnes & Nobles and all that sort of stuff. But I'm sure if you get it off uh, Jen's website, she'll sign it for you um, and send it across. It's it's uh, been amazing to watch you go through this. We've been knowing each other now 18 months, probably a little bit longer in that whole period of time. And I think um, also it's a testament to you being super organized, why you were able to go through what you did in terms of the story for the book, but then taking on this project. And yeah, I can't wait to see, you know, maybe we can re uh, reconvene for another interview in six to 12 months and you can give us kind of an update in terms of some of the impact you've made. But like you said earlier, Jen, you know, like that, just making that impact to one person or one family, um, it makes the whole journey worthwhile, doesn't it? It certainly does. And I've got lots of people talking. That's what the whole purpose of me writing about it was. And lots of people wanting to share their stories. So who knows? They might sign up for the ultimate author. <laughs> but I've got a lot of them asking me to do it so I said I'm a first-time author I wasn't planning on a second book yeah go, go see Nat she'll get you coordinated because otherwise you'd have to go start a whole side business to let them um you know and I stay also telling their story is very healing uh, yes. you know and um I find that going through the process first of all they help themselves before they can help other people um and definitely share this interview with them you know show them you know kind of what's possible and um you know they can be sitting there here a year from now being interviewed themselves on their own um you know on their own story and purpose and mission in life thank you so much jen for giving us your time today as you um, you know you've got a copy of your book there show them the book in real life that is there in your hand there you go I love your cover. I think we we picked something and we just stuck to it. Like we didn't change it and chop and change lots of times. It just stayed and never changed. And I think it's a very appropriate title and name and like picture. I just love it. So congratulations. Thank, Thank you again. Keep making an impact. And lots of people are sending you love here on Facebook. Um, and wherever you're watching this interview, get in touch with Jen, get her book um and support her leave a review and uh, let's make this uh, these changes i mean i can't do it myself you guys need to write the books and spread it can i'm just starting the ripple of all of those books going out to the world and uh and changing changing the way people live work and all that sort of stuff have an amazing day jen and as we like to say smash it out <laughs> smash it out bye guys see ya